The following is a public service announcement. Hey everybody, this is the Horror PSA presented by Scary Nerd, and we're your hosts, Paul, Saul, and Angie. So, we're talking Silver Bullet this week. Mm-hmm. The movie came out in 1986, I believe. 85? 85. All right. 1985, Silver Bullet. And if you're confused Gary about Busey. which this one, which one this is, it's the one where G- Gary Busey fights a werewolf. Yep. It's, that's it's, the highlight no, of no, the film. No, 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 no. <laughs> Gary Busey gets his ass kicked by a werewolf. Gary Busey doesn't do hey, anything in this movie. He fights that werewolf. He, he gets he gets those okay, children. That's this, okay. Let's let's not right, jump yeah, to the end already. We're getting to our okay. Heads. All right, all right. So, but was this pre? Accident, Gary Busey, or post? This is pre. You saw the movie, yes. didn't you see him? He was I think, I think he was just drunk the whole time. I think he wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't doing a portrayal of a drunk. I think he was actually just drunk the whole time. I mean, he was perfect casting, right? Yep. Got an alcohol problem. <laughs> All right. Okay. So <laughs> I found it funny that Gary Busey got top billing in the credits as well. Like, well, I mean, I mean Corey Haim's a little out. kid and everything, and like Everett McGill though, who plays. The Reverend, I think. I don't know. He's he's a very popular actor, but I don't know if he, I guess at the time, back in the mid-80s, if I guess Gary Busey was more popular than him. And really, do you want to highlight that he's in it to make it seem like you're going to give legit. away the ending? No, I just think give that if away you... The, okay, wait. Wait till we get there. Okay, okay. Because there's something <laughs> I have to say about giving away the ending. Because there's... Oh, no, yeah. well, you get it towards the middle of the movie, but you don't know anything okay, in the beginning. Okay, wait till we get there. Okay, okay, fine. Let's start with the first kill. The first kill, that drunk guy. Railroad drunk Arnie. Yes. He gets his head cut off. Poor Arnie. And nobody I, even knows that a werewolf took him out. They just think, all oh, drunk Arnie died on no, the track. I mean, I know it's the mid-80s and you don't have you know full-on <laughs> forensics teams and all that, but how can you look at that and be like, yep. The head just completely came yep, off the, the railroad <laughs> smashed his neck. He was like, no, it didn't. Look, that thing just is clean. It's cleanly off. just take it off. Yeah, they did some poor over. police work on that thing mm-hmm. too, because you would think, okay, if his head got well, cut off by the by the train, you would think the head would get all beat up or whatever need. Or there'd be. be like a smashed neck part, like it yeah. would have. It would be. It would have. Uh, it would have like yeah, like it would have like sealed the bag and everything else like would have stayed in. Would have like, been all chopped up and. Well, I think that's the other I'm thing about the movie too is that the police were pretty inept. Like there was two, was two of them. There, there was, was two. Yeah, in the in the beginning parts, he's like calling for you know like the national guard or backup or somebody and. Yeah, there's two of them. So there's no one. Yeah. He's calling for help. He's like, there's two cops here. We have murders happening. Someone and it was us. a very young two. Terry O'Quinn who was the cop, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. With hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, okay, so the drunk guy dies, and that's in spring. So it's the beginning of summer is where we our yeah, story takes place. She mentions like just a couple of weeks before school's about to end for yeah. the summer. She talks about how the last full moon of the spring was when the drunk guy dies. And we're talking about the little voiceover, so you guys understand. There's, Tova yes. there's a little bit, there's, yes. a, there's narration that pretty much introduces the movie and yes. her looking back on her yes. experience. Her, yes. It's narrated by Janie as an adult. Who is voiced by Tova Feldsa, who we all know from The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead, yes. Who does she play? She was um, oh, come on, Deanna. She was Deanna. That's what it was. Yeah. I knew I heard listen, that. If you listen to her voice and now, you go back and watch it, yep. listen to her voice, and you'll realize, oh my God, that's totally Deanna. Yep. That's the one thing I was trying to figure out. I was like, why do I know that voice? Yep. It's a, it's a weird, just little voiceover, because it doesn't happen throughout the whole movie. It just, just happens in like chunks. It's weird yeah. spots <laughs> of where it happens. Yeah, but it's in the summer, and 
Janie and her whole family is at some sort of town event. Do we uh, do we even know what the town event was? It's probably like the end of summer or yeah. the beginning of summer. Yeah, thing. something like. But Janie's hey, all fancy. She's got no, her, it, it she's got her pantyhose the, on. It was for the MedQ drive, I think. That's what it was. Which we the, never they, know what it is. They had the 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 total like raised. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. On the side oh, okay. of the stage, it said MedQ Drive, and that you know, like the money thermometer. Maybe MedQ thing. was a big thing in the eighties, and we just don't know because we were babies. <laughs> that and there's there's another thing that I don't get about later in the movie that I'll talk about that kind of baffles me that I've seen in other things that I don't understand. But let's wait till we get there. Okay, so we're at the we're at the little town thing right now, where Janie is in, is bored. At she's the little, bored. she's bored. She's she's d- she wants to go figure out something else to do, and her parents are like, "Go make sure your brother's okay." And that's when we get our first look at Corey Haim, mm-hmm. who is in a wheelchair, but he's not very good at pretending to he be. He is wheelchair. terrible. There's there's, there's other stuff <laughs> that he did that I was like, "How is somebody who is paraplegic I'm like, no, doing you, that?" You, you can't hold up your legs with your leg. No, honey. There, yeah, there's <laughs> a there's another part later in the movie where I'm like, "What? Like you are terrible at this. Yeah. Like you're not even trying." No, kid, not but. even trying. Uh, but so is is. The Reverend Lester Lowe, by the way, who really, that's just, that's not a good name to have. Lester? Like, Lester Lowe. <laughs> like, especially for a priest, like, Lester Lowe. There's something yeah, about that. Yeah, I know what you're right? getting at. I, I, yeah, I know. It just, it just sounds seedy. So it's funny, like, are we just now getting introduced to Lester? Like, is he yeah. the new Reverend or Nobody has he really been knows. this a while? Young. Like, it kinda, that's it the thing It kind of doesn't yeah. go into it. It kind of just, like, oh, here's Reverend mm-hmm. Lowe. You would assume that he was a newer Lester. one because of how young he is. Yeah. He the is great thing about this little conjecture, this little thing that they're at with their town, is it you you get to see that little side thing with Jamie walking around with their between the guy and the girl, and she's like, "I'm pregnant, it's your baby," and he's like, "It's not my baby." And your oven, not my bun. Yeah, I wrote that it? as well. It's <laughs> 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 your oven, oven and ate my bun. <laughs> Yo, I and I, well, I found it funny that that Jamie is. She's kind of prim and proper at times, and other times she's not. Yeah. But in the same token, she she says, "God damn it!" about getting mm-hmm. getting uh, tricked to them by the snake and all that, and when she falls. But then she calls her brother and everybody. She's like, "You're a booger." And I'm like, "Really? Like that's where you? Maybe that's where you reserve? Yeah, some like, of the slang I don't. Some get. of the insults. But again, from the it could just be. Well, I mean, and Stephen King may have wrote this book. He wrote a child, and when he was a child, it was the fifties. So yeah, I suppose, <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe he so, just figured that's the kind of slang you use. Goddamn, it was, was more acceptable than calling <laughs> people actual names yes. or calling them a booger <laughs> for whatever reason. But yeah, so we get to see more of the town. We get to see that all these people kind of have some secrets about them. It's a small it's town. Not, it's, it's a typical yeah. like small town America. People have secrets, but everyone mm-hmm. pretends that they love each other. Yeah, it was like a potluck thing for the whole town. That's what yeah. she says in the beginning. And I'm Very like, weird. who the hell does this with their whole town? Well, in towns where you only have two police officers. Yes, that's that's the that's what it is. <laughs> if you only got two cops, everyone's going to pull together. <laughs> you know everyone, and that's just the way you live your life. Okay, so, so after everything happens, they're in the car. The oh wait, wait! We didn't even go into the prank. Oh, the, the snake thing. The snake prank, yeah. Found a little garter snake, and they said, "Oh, we're going to do something with it." Mm-hmm. And then Janie falls, and she ruins your hose. She gets oh, yeah, she gets holes in the knee mm-hmm. part, and then she gets scared again and falls in the mud and, and throws I mean, a little fit. I'd get mad too, but I think she kind of overexaggerated. <laughs> it's just some muddy water. I <laughs> think it's kind of meant to portray the she's kind of fed up with having to look after her brother because I think she even calls it like in the in the voiceover. She's like. Marty was my burden, blah blah blah. Yeah, she my burden goes to on bear. About it. Yeah. And then so everything happens. They're back in the car driving home, and this is the first time that I don't know how many times in the movie that someone says, 
It's not my fault he's crippled. Yeah. They like, don't even say how like, it happened. That's the thing about well, it. I was like, waiting. They, they just say all the time, like, oh, you crippled, crippled and I'm this. Like, and I'm are like, we supposed wow. to be making this child feel like he's a burden on everyone <laughs> at the goal? But he's kind of okay with it, though. He's just like, oh, well, my legs don't work. And then there's that one scene where he's staring longingly at the children's legs. And I'm just like, I, I wish I could do that. You're <laughs> skipping ahead. I am like skipping severely. ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> They get home, and I think it's funny. She just starts to go inside, and her parents are like, help your brother. And then she just kind of gets him out. And, and leaves him the there. Scene. Yeah, it's kind of like she was like, wheel your damn self up the ramp. He was struggling. Like There was at one point where he's like almost falling behind, back <laughs> on it. Like, he's going to fall on it. The other thing I did notice about the town, though, it was very, very handicap friendly. Every place had mm-hmm. ramps for him. Apparently, yeah. yes. That's the one thing they do. The one thing that they did. They went out of their way to make sure that it was friendly for him <laughs> to get there. See, it, it, he's the town's burden. But That's even what it like is. when she's like getting him out of the van and like or the the car or whatever, and she's the obviously wagon, the station wagon. Station she was wagon. obviously upset, but like it gets close to like abuse. Like she's like, hurry up, <laughs> like get in your seat. And I was like, whoa, Janie. Chill out. That's that's a <laughs> is that a Stephen King trademark? Because think know. about Pet Cemetery and everything. And you have the invalid sister and it's like our burdens to bear did, he, did something happen to him did i don't he, know maybe he had a brother that nobody brother ever talked about i don't know older sister an older sibling it's yeah, a possibility a, or he just had he he saw that as a small child and that's something that scared him is having that he's got a he's got an evil twin individual that they, that they left in the uh, no that's a dark the, half the, the, the true story the it is it is like <laughs> he just lives in the uh, attic or something yeah okay so they get home and Janie's a, a bitch for lack of a better word Typical older sister home. sometimes. And then she's basically like, hey, your drunk uncle is, is coming to visit us. Oh, yeah, he's getting the right, divorce. Right. So she pretty much crashes Marty down by saying, oh, this uncle that you're so proud of and you're happy about it. Well, this is his third divorce. He's getting divorced again. To me, it seemed like that uncle was the one person who treated him like an equal. Yeah. Like he was like everybody yeah, else. Yeah. And I think that's a recurring theme with him because there's, yeah. a, there's a scene later where he argues, Drunkle Red and the mom argue about, you know, he's got strikes against him and he's like, kind of that whole thing but he's just gonna give up like why his legs don't work nothing else like, <laughs> like you guys call him cripple all the time no. like right like you guys are like he's the burden to bear like <laughs> I don't get watch it. your brother yeah. because we don't want to we're parents and you know you're his older sister you deal with it like he's got so many things against him like he seems like he's gonna be all right he's just in a wheelchair mm-hmm. but maybe that's our maybe that's our age maybe that's the 2019 version of how we look at things now not the 50s or 1985 version. So basically, she tells him, you know, he's getting a divorce. Oh, I thought it was funny that his line was like, well, I never liked Sheila anyway. Maybe I'll like the next one better. So he kind of <laughs> has a clue who his uncle is. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not that far-fetched to him to be like, yeah, another divorce, whatever. Well, they it's did happening. mention that was his third. Yeah, it's yeah. his third. So, uh, hey, it's it It's just become well, a commonplace. And I, I different do like, for every Thanksgiving. <laughs> I do like that we see Janie and um, Marty make up, and Marty kind of is like, here's the money for some pantyhose, and Janie kind of softens a little bit. But at the same time, like, it, it feels like two characters. Jane feels like two different characters to me at times. Like... On one hand, she can be a great sister and very understanding and listening. And other times, she's just awful to him. Like they, they definitely awful. have a weird dynamic. It, it definitely is one of those things where it's, it showcases where like she's super like tired of his crap. And then the other times, it's like, okay, we need to stick together because we are all we have. Because then it, it really does become, you know, we have each other. Our parents won't listen to us. We kind of have Drunkle Red, but who knows if he's going to listen to us or be coherent enough to help us do anything. So they were kind of the only people they've got in their lives. Mm, yeah. Oh, and I think we need to point out that Drunkle Red was Gary Busey. 
Yeah. Oh, of Looks course. Dirty. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I I would hope that people would understand that. Uh, well, they know he's there's a drunk who's playing. If there's a drunk in this, it's got to <laughs> be. We didn't think we had to explain who the drunk was. <laughs> drunk Lorraine to carry views. Okay, so then. So that leads into the, the first, first kill. The, oh, sorry. Well, yeah. the second kill. The second kill. The second kill because we go into what I wrote down was like, is this Forrest Gump's house? Is this some sort of like. Uh, that was a big ass house. Why do moms just like, play pianos on stormy days? Like, that's a theme with Stephen wait, King. Like, isn't it, it like. He, his mom's it, playing the piano. Was <laughs> that her that. mom's house or was that. I took it as some sort of like. I think it was her mom's house. I thought it was some sort of like, uh, like not like halfway house or boarding house. Is it boarding, it's a boarding house? house? Yeah, yeah like Forrest Gump's mom house, did. What yeah. did she do? That's that's what it took me. I was like, this is like Forrest Gump's house. Like there's the the rocking chairs out in the on the porch and oh, all that. Yeah. So I was kind of like, mm-hmm. it, it, that's what it reminds me it of. Like, been she's a just house. staying at the boarding house because she's got nowhere to stay because. She's got a bun in the oven that no one claims. Okay. And okay. So the guy, like, he's like, it's not my bun or whatever. And it kind of makes it seem like that's an affair or that's an inappropriate relationship, right? Yeah. It kind of makes it seem that way. But then the bitch has an eight by 10 of this guy. (laughs) I wrote down, though. (laughs) Was that even the same guy in the pic? It didn't look like the same guy to me. (laughs) I'm like, why does she have like a full blown portrait of this man she's just randomly, secretly seeing? It was an eight by 10 headshot of some guy. And I'm like, that is. Is that even the same guy? Because it didn't look the same to me at all. Well, it could have been that she was having the affair and be like, oh, no. I I'm pretty sure. Me. Yeah, it, it was an affair, definitely, because he kind of was like, don't ever pull me away like this. And, yeah. And I think he mentions a wife. I don't remember, but I'm pretty I think sure. He did. I, think, I think you're right. I think he did mention something like that. So I'm pretty sure it's an affair, but I don't think the guy in the picture was the same guy. <laughs> that, so maybe that was like <laughs> an ex or that, you know, her husband. I mean, who knows? But. Don't think it was the same guy. Yeah, either way, she she figures, okay, nobody wants this baby, so she's mm-hmm. got to do what she's got to do. And the werewolf is very considerate. He doesn't mess with anybody else in the house. He climbs that lattice right up to her room. Because <laughs> I didn't know that werewolves climbed up the, the side of houses. I just thought... Well, this were. one does. This one is very specific about who he wants to take out. And couldn't, he goes couldn't right he have, to the uh, Couldn't he have just jumped up there? You why would did, think why did so, climb? but no. And the climbing the lattice was very important. What, is the lattice going to hold him? I wouldn't think so, wouldn't but think I mean, so they did either. a POV of the werewolf <laughs> climbing up to the window. It was very... It was very awkward i feel because <laughs> i was yeah, like do werewolves and, do this is that and he tore her to shreds i think that yeah. was, that was a pretty gruesome scene it was well, yeah, the thing that it. cracked me up about that scene was the old lady like fumbling around trying to grab the gun and like what are you gonna do with that old lady i know and like all she heard was crashes and her first thing is like oh better get my gun but she oh does it so like haphazardly that it's like, oh my god! <laughs> like she's hey, just those going were crazy. murder screams. So of course mm-hmm. you go and get your gun and you go figure out what's but what. What was she gonna do with a little revolver? Yeah, that's something well, that she didn't me know it was up there. Okay, it's not like you're like, okay, that must be a werewolf. But I'm if you look at the there. old lady, she was kind of frail. Hey, so you Marty think she's going to shoot werewolf. that revolver and it's going <laughs> to well, smack her in the face. She wasn't going to do anything either way, whether it was a werewolf or not. But, but she, was she had to try. She no, was, actually, I'm helping. To me, that's right. the thing that cracked me out, though, is how she was fumbling around. I'm like, what? she's trying to get a gun. I was like, I'm going to laugh if she's getting a shotgun. But like, oh, no, it's a little revolver. Oh, teeny little baby gun. And then she, she goes has, into the room and then what do you hear? The old lady, typical old lady screams. She has mm-hmm. her piano hands. She's ready to shoot somebody. Mm-hmm. Okay, so lady gets killed. Lady, gets, Lady killed. gets killed, and then the next scene, I think, we go into the bar. To yeah, where, to where ass hat. Yes, we have the whole we have the whole could be scene, where it's like could be that somebody blah blah blah, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, and it, I found it funny throughout the whole movie that they keep mentioning like the curfew, the curfew. 
unless you're going to go to the bar and get drunk. <laughs> Everybody can go and <laughs> well, get a posse. Like, well, the other thing about it, though, is, you know, small town, because there's always the meeting points. And this place happens to be where everybody meets is mm-hmm. what the bar. It is. And it's funny because everyone go, everyone knows that, like, all right, well, I'm going to go look for somebody or go to, like, we got to go to the bar. That's where you everybody's go. At everybody's the bar. there. Everybody's at the bar. Anyone who's out is at the bar. Everyone else is apparently at home with the kids because it's curfew. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the other thing about it, though. I remember once they get to the bar, they have the argument with those two guys about the what it could be, what could it be. Yeah, and then the asshat is like, the cops aren't doing anything, and one of the two cops in this town is in the bar, naturally. Well, and he's <laughs> off. His shift is over. It's time to drink. And of course, Where he gets you offended. Go? You go to the one bar in town. And then everybody's just listening to this a- this asshat talk, and then the one guy's like, hey, you haven't paid your taxes, so... <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so everybody knows too much everybody about knows, each other in yeah, this town. This town has some secrets, but I found it funny. I found it funny in the bar in the background. There was a Red Baron pizza sign. <laughs> I found that Wait, hilarious. What? There was a Red Baron pizza sign, like a, awesome. like an old school tin Red Baron pizza. I'm like, do they make Red Baron pizzas at this bar? I'm like, mm. that is hilarious. I hate. I'm Actually, just saying, I'd probably eat a Red Baron pizza if I, I was give, drunk. Give me an old style and some Red Baron pizza. <laughs> I was about to say, is like when the one thing that you noticed, I was going to say if they would have brought everything full circle if we would have seen some sort of advertisement for Burger King. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it was, wasn't, this wasn't a Netflix movie. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I love the old like staples in this movie, though, like the old bartender who has the peacemaker. The peacemaker. Bat. How do you not love the peacemaker? <laughs> Baseball bat. What is it? Cool your thermostats, fellas. (laughs) Cool your thermostats. Where the peacemaker will take care of you. But, like, anybody from a small town, I'm from a small town, knows that old man. We've seen that old man. He's probably yelled at us at least once. That's an old man that's a staple in every small town. (laughs) Is he always the bartender or is he other things? No, he sometimes is a cop. He sometimes, he's just, it just depends on what kind of old man he is. He varies from town to town. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, the old bartender is one of my favorites in that scene. He is. He's. He's. Uh, he is. Uh, okay. So pretty much what we learn at the bar scene is everybody's starting to point the. Oh, what is it? Everyone's pointing fingers. Everyone's. Yeah, nobody uh, knows what's to... going on. Things are happening in the town. I mean, there's only got to be like 500 of them, and two of them have died at this point. So that's you know. Well, they well pretty much technically, <laughs> one has died and a pretty gruesome death. The yeah. other one, he got run over by the train. Apparently, he so got no drunk one, and got ran over. No by one the gave train. a shit about him. He was just the drunk railroad worker that didn't. Uh, yep. Didn't do anything. So if they were doing CSI, they would have been able to figure out a long time ago that the first death was the railroad driver. But no. There's two sheriffs. There's two sheriffs. There's two cops in this town. Who's the CSI? (laughs) See, that's the thing we got ruined this year. It's all CSI. (laughs) We're like, wait a minute. Yep. And then, okay, so the next next day after the bar. Yeah, the next day you see. We see more of Marty's friends. Marty and he walks the the girl home. He can't walk, remember? He has that weird little motorized wheelchair. Mm -hmm. Silver bullet. This is the first time he says silver bullet. Yeah, that is. He's like, me and the silver bullet will take you home. Which is his wheelchair. That's the name of the movie. And why does this girl's family, the girl and the dad, why do they have these horrible Horrible, horrible accents. accents. Yeah, I was like, like hers is way worse than the dad's. Like the dad's is at least decent. Like you could tell, like he was yeah. maybe actually had it. The girl, I don't know. And it's such a trope. It's such the poor white uneducated dad who hates, <laughs> who doesn't, who wants to electrocute all the cripple people. And I love, <laughs> I love how like they're talking and and the dad's like, get your heads over here. And then she gives him that little kiss. I'm like, oh, I, I wrote down this will piss him off. Mm-hmm. Like she did that <laughs> on purpose. Like, oh yeah, dad, we'll fuck you. Yep. Damn cripples, and then, yeah, he goes into it. Yep. 
Another thing about it, though, is you can see he's just a drunk, redneck dad. Yeah. And what made it even better was that he was watching wrestling. Mm-hmm. While he's drunk. Yeah, well, <laughs> not the other thing about it, though. We all know what wrestling is. Yep. But the thing about it, though, is he's watching it like he's watching boxing. Yep. That's what he, made it. He like. still <laughs> believed. It was still real to him, damn it, back then. <laughs> he had those, was it Red Stripe he was drinking? It looked, that's I what think. I thought it was. I thought it was Red Stripe. I don't think it was Red Stripe. I don't think that guy would drink Jamaican beer. That's why I was beer. so confused. Like, no. I was like... But drunkies don't that? care. They don't realize it's Jamaican beer. That bottle looked okay. like it was a red stripe. Mm-hmm. Where are you going to get <laughs> red stripe in this shit little town that we is in- We're not even sure where it is. Well, okay. In the short story, obviously, it's in it's in Maine in one of the- I don't know if Somewhere it's- Somewhere in Maine. It's mm-hmm. somewhere in Maine that's in the vicinity of Derry and Castle Rock and everywhere where Stephen King's stories always take it's place. In, it's in so Maine. It's but it, all it in does Maine. in no way, shape, or form look like it's in the Northeast. I mean, they're no. clearly not where they <laughs> no. filmed it. Oh, no. He's watching wrestling. And, and, then, and then he, he hears has, some rambling. He has the greatest line in the whole movie. Oh, that hurts my parts. <laughs> <laughs> the, oh, my gosh. That's, that thing's going to keep. I love that uh, part so Paul's much. favorite part of the It really is. Movie. Like that, that makes the movie for me. It's like <laughs> this movie is utter crap at times. But other times, other times you're it's like, so great. There are really good things about this movie, then there are really crappy things about this movie. And but I'm this like, puts it into the echelon of this is this is the movie for me. No, it is. no, that that part right oh, there. Oh yeah, this that's <laughs> what it does. The whole movie. Like, it is the whole movie. It, yeah. Oh, that hurts my parts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and now we got to get into what hurts his parts. Well, he's watching the wrestling. Is he? He goes. No, he into means the, what's actually going to hurt his. Oh, parts. you mean? Uh, <laughs> you mean scene. when his parts actually get hurt? <laughs> yes, where his parts actually get hurt. <laughs> he had a really great death scene. That, that I, I really enjoyed his death scene. I also have to point out that he was he was very poor, white, uneducated, poor guy. Right? That's the whole like backstory they basically gave his character. So what you're saying was he's poor. Yeah. Yes, but no, they walk into this gorgeous greenhouse. Yeah, he <laughs> oh has a gosh. he has a huge greenhouse. I'm like, this, this yeah, isn't a the, poor person's greenhouse. The house was the house was decent. He had a greenhouse, and then he had also like it wasn't like a barn, but it was it was like another shed in yeah. the background as well. Like he had a pretty good plot of land over here yeah, for being. So a, like, what is going on with this? What character? does this guy do for a living? He was just a very confusing character with his. Like maybe he he was poor because he bought all this beautiful land. <laughs> Not only that greenhouse was huge. It was like he turned a few times. <laughs> yeah, going around looking. He for had stuff. room, and that werewolf had a complete space underneath the greenhouse to get up under him and then pull him up down into the ground. But he, I think he had my favorite death of the whole movie, just because of how when he got pulled up, you see the what is the plank. Yeah. Pretty much impale him and he bleeds everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the first, this is one of the great gore scenes of the movie. I thought it was funny when he's walking in, like he gets the shotgun and he's walking over the greenhouse and he's kind of, he's kind of slumped over and kind of hunched and like going, I wrote down that like, he reminded me of like a cartoon, like Scooby-Doo villain, the way yeah. he's just kind of like, <laughs> s- like stalking over there, like what's going to go on over here? More like an Elmer Fudd. Like he's an old man something. Yeah, like he's... He's very comical, and but he does have the great, great death. Yeah. They I, just like move through the death scenes so seamlessly in this movie. It's like the townspeople are like, oh, my God, things are happening. But then the next time you see everybody's just fine and hanging out. The thing that like, kind of <laughs> confused me, though, is like, I mean, you get the first death, the second death. Okay, there's to me, it was okay. He's justifying these deaths by, okay, this girl is trying to kill herself so I'm gonna yeah. kill her before she does yeah it. she's gonna kill herself kill the unborn baby like but then it goes, goes back to just randomness when he kills this guy 
Well, he's kind of a dick. Yeah. And it's he kind of like, th- this is the way I thought about it, too. He's kind of he's kind of like Hannibal Lecter. And be like, well, if I kill this guy, it makes the town better. Yeah. Like, no one's going to miss this guy. No one is going to miss. That's how he's justifying it. No one is going to miss Mr. Sturmfuller was his name. Well, that's one thing we'll get back to once we get to a big plot point of the movie on the justification of the certain killings. So, yeah. yeah. So I think he justifies that. But I, the one thing I wrote down about that is, like, he knocked over the pots and he made him come out to him. So he could have the, yeah. the werewolf could have come in there. He just he just climbed up the lattice and killed the other lady. Yeah. But he waits and he has the guy come to him. So I'm like, does he enjoying this and playing with this guy? Or was he just tired from climbing the lattice and having to rampage through that? Yeah, maybe he climbed the lattice and was like, werewolves don't do this. He's like, shit, man, I (laughs) am tired. (laughs) Next time, I'm just going to get them to come to me. You know what? I'm going to hide under these these floorboards with too much space. And if you want to go back to the whole he's plotting these... Uh, the werewolf is going after people to make the town better. His next kill is hilarious then, <laughs> because it is a child who everyone clearly hates in this town. <laughs> well, that too. Brady's kind of a dick. Brady, even yeah. Marty. Okay, even so him Marty and Marty like, are flying kites. Even though there's a curfew and there's a murderer on the loose, these two are the, at a park by themselves. Here's the other thing where Corey Haim played a terrible paraplegic. Why is that boy in a tree? <laughs> How the hell do you get on the tree is what I'm trying to figure out. The thing that I found funny about that, when when they're arguing in the car about Janie getting scared by Brady and Marty with the snake and everything, the mom literally says, what did you want him to do? Climb up to the tree and stop Brady? <laughs> and then two scenes later or whatever, Marty he's like, he's climb like he's, Brady's like, yeah, what get happens? my kite. What happens? He climbs the tree. He climbs yeah, he's like, the oh, tree. here, Brady, here's your kite. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing in the tree? And I'm convinced that Marty never liked Brady, or he would have said something. He'd be like, Marty, or he was like, Brady, are you coming? And Brady's like, yeah, in a little bit. And if he, there's a murderer out, and you're not supposed to be by yourself, he you'd been like, hey, that. friend, come home he because there's a murderer that, out. He gave him that long, ominous look like, you're going to die. Brady. This is the last time I see you. Mm-hmm. But no, everybody hated Brady. We all hated Brady. He and was then, a dick kid. Uh, he, uh, maybe he had, I think he kind of had internal conflict. Like, should I say something to Brady or not? And he was kind of looking, but then Janie was like, hurry the fuck up, Marty. (laughs) (laughs) Janie really is not She was like, they're mad at me because you're late for dinner. Your ass isn't home for dinner, and I took forever to find you. And then I find you here because she says, dinner was already an hour ago, and it took forever to find you. Like, oh, I forgot. But again, that's the other thing, too. Like I said, how the hell did he freaking get on that tree? Right. You just see him all of a sudden going on there. And when you see him get down, like, there's no way in hell and he did that. there are murders going on in this town. And Why are care? you just letting your kid in a wheelchair go on? You have your crippled, handicapped child out in the open. Clint, you don't even think he's going to make it through life, but you think he's going to be fine to go out into this town? Yes, yeah, none of the murdered? parents in this town. Again, this is like none of the parents in this town. Are watching their fucking kids. No, not and at it's all. It's like every every night, like reminder about the curfew, mm. reminder about the curfew. Unless you're going Be to home. the bar. Be home. Yeah. So that leads into and then they, the they bar go again. to the bar. So yeah, we're back we're at all, the bar. We're back, we're back at the bar because <laughs> the there's nothing else to do in this town besides get drunk and oh, get yeah. eaten by the werewolf. So we're back at the bar and tensions are rising again and name calling and then all of a sudden Brady's dad comes in and is like, "Have you seen my, my son? son?" And then cut to bloody kite. Dun, the dun, bloody kite. I wrote down, I'm like, that's evidence, man. What are you just walking just around with that shit? Walking around. Like, Again, CSI has ruined us all. <gasps> but it that's really probably is. how stuff has, was yeah. done back in the 80s. You don't this. mess <laughs> with the crime scene. That we is evidence. Bloody kite. He's like, I have a bloody kite. I'm, and he's like, the dad comes up 
and he just runs over. I'm like, oh no, dude, yeah, don't, don't don't look at no. that. Like you can't go, you can't go look at that. That's the last. That's the the one image that's always going to be in your head. Nope. And then the next the next time we see Marty, he's like, it's probably a werewolf. <laughs> you just guess that it's <laughs> no, a werewolf. Okay. Yes, we go. Okay, so it goes to that. <laughs> we cut over to the funeral scene, and it's so depressing. I mean, they have funerals that weird. Funerals are depressing enough, but yeah, the weird organ. The weird player. organ mm. kind of half. You no, know, the lady that played the organ. Yes. I was like, she is creepy on her own. And Drunkle Red is really struggling, struggling not to drink. He, you know, the thing, he, he the has thing a that glass. got what was, was they playing Amazing Grace, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, yeah. she was. That was like Amazing the Grace. creepiest version <laughs> I have ever heard of it on that damn organ. Uh-huh. Honestly, it, it was just. And then it just seemed like sometimes it was off key, but the way they did it was just so freaking It's creepy. a poor church. Maybe mm-hmm. the Med-Q drive is going to help buy the new organ. Cause well, it needs let's a, hope so. It needs yeah. a tuning or, or, you know, to teach the lady to actually play the organ. Maybe that's what it was for. Yeah. Okay, so we get past the funeral scene mm-hmm. and we're back at the so bar. Yeah, we know. Well, we get past the funeral scene and then Drunk Lorette is like, I'm going to take Marty home. And I'm like, really? The whole time, like, the mom keeps arguing back and forth with Drunk like, Red. I don't think you should be with drunk. him, yeah. But You're she's drunk, like, yeah, man. drive him home in your convertible with my crippled son. He'll Even be fine. Even though you just had to restrain yourself from Even though, again, there is a killer <laughs> out on the loose you and they know, just killed a child. You know that if he brought the flask, he's been drinking at some point. Yep, but here you so, go, kid. Yeah, yeah, get in the car get with Drunk Red. Red. We'll be fine. And then Marty and yeah, that's solves the whole case. That's where Exposition Marty shows up and he's like, you know what? It's a monster, I think. Mm-hmm. It's a werewolf. It's totally a werewolf. That's what's happening. I was like, he why do you just no jump to werewolf? Why do like, you go there? <laughs> he probably has not. He hasn't seen the bodies. Of what leads to this? No. He's seen well, nothing. it is a small town. And there's only two cops, so maybe there's a lot of things that people here in town. So there's, there's mean, no secrets, I guess. Like, so I mean, you could have. Oh God! So that means that the two cops had to collect the bodies. Yeah. Well, I would hope there's a coroner and all that in this town, unless they're pulling double Did duty. Did you see a coroner? Well, they could be pulling double duty. Well, there's no CSI team. That's for damn nope. sure. Nope. But so we get past that. Marty discovers he solves the movie by Mar- saying yeah, it's a Marty's werewolf. Marty's all, hey, there's a werewolf. And then the next is the bar. and the, the Back at the bar. Back at the bar. Back at the bar. People are getting their pitchforks ready. He goes into it, and he's like... She says she heard some growling, and I'm like, oh, naturally, it's a werewolf. It's a werewolf. <laughs> That's where you go, right? And then Drunk Red's like, oh, well, the full moon, you know, the cycles come out. And full moon. I'm like, where are you? Where is this family yeah, getting right? their information? Right? Like, you're just blaming it on anything that comes to your head. And then, so yes, we go back to the bar. We're ready to form a posse. And I find it hilarious that the, the dickhead Ass that hat. didn't pay his taxes yeah. is the one organizing the posse. Who we later come to find out in the movie through the scenes is the owner of the gun shop. Yep. So he's like, "Hey, I am an American. He's just a great I'm taking man. advantage of the situation. Remington shotguns. He put that sign out like single action, two hundred, double action, three hundred dollars. He's like, he's like, I am seizing this opportunity. Let's all form a posse, buy new guns, and go out looking for the werewolf. But that's the thing about it, though, the bar, though, that cracked me up. Again, they start saying how inept the police is. Mm -hmm. And then that dude gives out that big old huge speech about, no, we need vigilantes. We need anti- 
private justice. There you go, private justice. justice. Yeah. We need private justice. Pretty much telling them, let's get all these drunk hillbillies to go around and I start know. And then for whatever this thing is. Brady's dad comes in. He's like, my son was torn to pieces. And everybody's like, yeah, we need to go find that. I'm like, no, Yo. that means you go home. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> my son was torn to pieces. Then he has a Polaroid. And I'm like, was was that the Polaroid of the dead body or just your kid? I'm like, you need to like just go home. Okay. Like, I would have been here's, like, okay, thanks, peace, I'm out. Like, here's the thing. What is with the black armband, the the thing? I, mean, I figured I know, it was for I know, mourning. I know it's a funeral thing, and I know it's for mourning, but, like, I don't know what the black armband really signifies. Like, I've never understood that. I know I've seen it in other things. I've never actually seen anyone wear it. But it's, it's very Hell Hydra to me. The only time was, I've really ever seen the black armband, like you said, it's, like, it's the mourning thing, but the thing about it, the only time I've ever seen a black band has been on officer badges, so I don't know if that kind of... No, like he had that yeah. black yeah. armband yeah. Arm around, thing. yeah, like over his yeah. arm on his on for his suit. I love how the dad is like, go gr- dig up my son and tell him about private justice. Like, <laughs> imagine if the cop was just like, well, okay then, and walked out. I'm gonna go. Ba- I'm gonna go I, dig up your son. I, I don't have talk time to for this. So the thing that <laughs> cracked, so here's the thing. Brady's dad riles up all the drunk killbillies. Yeah, mm-hmm. like they're they're in there, and the sheriff starts yelling at everybody. He's like, calm down. And then you see everyone, like the bartender specifically, is like, "All right, guys, yeah." yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. he calms everybody down too, and is like, "All right, he's right." But then Brady's dad comes in, and is like, "Look at my son. Here's a Polaroid of him." And for some reason, that's like, "Yeah, let's go out." Yeah, and, get and then this. so everyone's like, "I switch sides again. Let's that's go." Like, right? Let's go out into the dangerous woods where we can't really see anything because it's dark. You know, that makes sense. They got fed more booze and they went crazy. Mm-hmm. It was like the South yeah, so, episode. With oh, yeah. and it's it's so bad. It's like those those cliches. It's like let's all walk into this big giant wall of fog we can't see through. It just reminded <laughs> me of the whole Civil War thing in in South Park where it was the the flavored liquor they're like oh everybody got liquored up all again let's get them riled up and, <laughs> and it really off. is so like they all just like all right we're gonna go here we've all got our assignments and they and they start leaving get out of their cars sheriff doesn't even care anymore he's like all right, do what well you the only do. person that tried to stop him was was reverend werewolf was Re- reverend wait wait we, do we, we want to spoil it spoil we didn't it get to reverend yeah. werewolf but, but he is we, it's the Reverend. Seen, you've Reverend seen the damn Lowe. movie. If you're listening yeah, to this podcast, damn movie, it's not you know. because you want to. <laughs> this movie came out in 1985. Some of us were born in that time. You're not going to listen to this episode of the podcast if you haven't seen the movie. So it's Reverend Werewolf. Right? <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. So we're he's trying to get all these this. people to yeah, stop going out. Yeah, he's the only out. one. He's like, no, I'm going to fucking eat you if you don't Can stay I here. Stay like, at home. Well, at that point, he was still somewhat at least coherent. It wasn't until later when he just started losing his shit. Yeah. Well, but I now think he, he, I later. think he wanted. He didn't want. I think it, he knew that the werewolf side of him wasn't going to be able to resist well, killing I didn't think them. About, well, if it's now, a big, well, large yeah, meal if, like, if all these off. assholes from the bar are going to be out there tonight, then I'm hungry. Well, it's one of those things where it's like, not, well, knowing what we know now, it's like, damn it, now I got to kill all these dumb idiots because they're going to come looking after me. Yeah, I got to make an example out of these fuckers. Yeah. But he kills <laughs> and they're, them. they're so bad. Like, let's just walk in the fog that we can't see. And well, we're just terrible. They all just decided one area. that they no, because they go to the spot where Brady was killed. Yeah. And then they kind of just fan out from there. Like, that was the that was the first spot they, they were like, let's go here. And then they just go, what the hell were those dogs going to do? Right. Were those dogs, were they tracking dogs? I or were they, they like, even had dogs. Or were they like, all right, if shit goes sideways, send the dogs and let's get the fuck out of here. Those dogs didn't even look like they were very controllable. I forgot they even had dogs. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're out they're out in the middle of the forest and all this fog, and they have a couple of dogs with them. And I'm like, what are these dogs for? Like, yeah, are they tracking something? Because what do they have? Like, they're all drunk. They have nothing. no plan. They're just going yeah. on. Like, they, were, they came from the bar. They Jim Bob, bring the dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And so they all run out. Yeah. You had a spot you wanted to. They all go out and looks like a Scooby Doo. Like <laughs> yeah, they're all they're all out there in the fog and they're running around and they're like they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like no. at all. And then what? F- various what weapons too. Various, various weapons. weapons. Guns, <laughs> shotguns, rifles. Bad. I said bartender they has the peacemaker with him. The peacemaker was on hand and they're all out there. And I, I guess when you're a small town in the Northeast, no matter how old you are, you, go. you can't be called chicken because then we have this awesome part as well. Come on. I don't know. What's the matter, Bobby? You're going to make lemonade in your pants? All right, scared. Let's go. And just like that, they're like, all right, let's go then. Oh, toxic masculinity. Call me a bitch, will you? (laughs) That old lady, I'm like, she was just stuck out. I'm like, I know why, well, why is there this old lady? There? She's got those red earmuffs. I'm like, it, it just. I know. Me were, the, was there any even? Were there even any women in the bar? I think. It, I, thought she was I think she one. was there. Yeah, she was. She, was the she only may one. have been the only one yeah. because that's the only one I remember seeing. And that's then, the thing that cracked me mm-hmm. up about it. She had those red earmuffs, and they just went out. And then we get a great scene of the werewolf picking them off one by one. Well, in the, the other fog. thing that stupid them, they realize, okay, we're gonna go hunt for something, and then even one of the guys even brings up the point. Uh, we're not gonna be able to see a whole lot well, and they don't even fog. know what they're at, looking okay, for. <laughs> at the point where the dude's leg got caught in the bear oh, trap, yeah, the bear trap. Oh, yeah. I was like, okay, we need to go home, guys. Like, right. we're all drunk. This guy's gonna bleed much. to death mm-hmm. if not get a gangrene infection on his ankle. You gotta, you gotta appreciate that the little comedic moment they gave us too, where it closes again on his. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> he's opening up, and then yeah, someone turns around. He's like, "Oh, hey guys!" and hey. just lets it go on the guy's ankle again. And I'm like, "Oh my god!" That right there was your foreshadowing that you needed to go home yes. because you're drunk, you can't yep. see, and your old dude over here is about to lose his ankle. Mm-hmm. And the other guy has lemonade in his pants. Yeah, and lemonade. Yep. So and that so leads us into whatever little area that they had where mm-hmm. they couldn't see crap. Yeah, so it gets to the point to where they are in the fog and it's probably out waist to chest high or somewhere around there and they can't see shit. And then the one guy I wrote down ex- exposition big hat because for whatever reason this guy's hat didn't fit him. And he's standing there <laughs> and just scared and like, it's in the fog with us. Like, how, does like how do you know any of this shit? And if you know this, why be like, fuck that. I'm turning around. I'm not getting into the fog anymore. You guys are right? stupid. Like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm taking my big ass hat and I'm going home. Going that home? guy is, his ankle is going to fall off. And this it, was a big mistake. And they all, they're all getting picked off one by one. And a couple of them run and a few of them just stand there and wait to get eaten. <laughs> well, the thing about it, though, is like you have your guns. You can't see. Okay, you're going to die. Start yeah. shooting. Right? Like you're going to die either way. So might as well. And then the bartender gets beaten to death by the peacemaker. Well, he takes in his couple licks with the He thing. gets a couple shots. He does. And I he think, does go down And swinging. I think that's when the werewolf's like, oh, yeah, fuck. Because, yeah, he beats him with the peacemaker. Mm-hmm. He snaps it in half and then beats the crap out of the bartender, which the bartender didn't deserve. No. That was the one death I'm like, oh, like, yeah. he, he didn't deserve to die. Didn't deserve to die. <laughs> I mean, well, the he was, and then we're back at church. Though. Well, here's he was, the thing he was a flip-flopper, though. The well, he was. The so thing that cracked me that's up. What the Reverend doesn't like flip-flopping. The thing that cracked me up about the next scene is they automatically show the five caskets because you're like, yeah. what do you think was going to happen? Yeah. Like, seriously, what did you think was going to happen? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The, so we're back okay. in church. So the church 
which is the nightmare scene. Yes, the werewolf. Nightmare I scene. thought this was a great scene. This is one of the, I think, the, the best scenes in the movie. I mean, we don't really get werewolf nightmares a whole okay. lot, but he did go to bed on a full he stomach. Did. I mean, yeah. he ate like five people, so I mean, you're and not. And hey, to, that yeah. bartender was a pretty big guy. Yeah. So, so I mean, of course, he was going to have a nightmare. <laughs> oh wait, though, does he eat them? Though it doesn't really show that he, he just eats kills them. Him. I think he's just killing these people. It doesn't show that he eats any of these people. Uh, if there's pieces missing, I assume that's. He's eating them. Well, that could just be collateral damage. No, he eats them. Okay, but... In my head, he eats them. So. No, no CSI team. So if he's ripping <laughs> yeah. apart and chunks fly 10 yards from... No one's looking for them. Nope. Some kid's going to find it later. Yep. But one of so, my yeah. favorite things about the werewolf nightmare is that bleeding piano. That bleeding piano was so cool. Or the accordion or what? Or not accordion, the but the organ. Um, organ. Yeah, like it... It just bleeds out. And this, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not seen the movie, is where he starts throwing the little slot ball about, oh, did we just find out who the killer is mm-hmm. or who the werewolf is? Yeah. And well, okay. I mean, it kind of points it out to you the whole time. No, though. like, okay. It didn't tell you who it was. And then they have the nightmare scene and he wakes up and he's like, please, God, make it stop or whatever. So, like, that's the reveal to me. Yeah. yeah. Even though, like, they try and make it a bigger thing with the whole eye thing. Well, the thing on, about well, the thing about it though, like, right there when that happens, that to me it went from okay, you have a semi-coherent pastor who is actually thinking about his people, like, oh, don't go out there and get killed, do so the right he's thing, a reverend. or reverend, my bad, whatever that goes. <laughs> he's anyways, a man of the cloth. Isn't he's a man of the cloth. <laughs> anyways, like before that, he was kind of like. Mo- like he was kind of the conscience part like don't go do this you're gonna get yourselves killed yeah. don't do this and then up until after that is to me when he lost his shit because at that point it's like okay he doesn't fucking care anymore he's gonna kill start killing everybody now yeah he gets he definitely starts to unravel because up until that like paul said that was the reveal it's like okay you have the reveal and now mm-hmm. like shit's out the window because up until then they did a good point about trying to get you to guess who it might be yeah like, who is it? You're like, you don't know. Like, at some point, you would think that it's Uncle Red because Uncle Red came for a visit, and now all of a sudden these things start happening. So they try throwing you off the loop for there, and then all of a sudden, okay, there's the reveal. And if you were thinking you were betting, you probably wouldn't have thought it was the Reverend. Yeah. I think the thing about the nightmare scene to me was, I think it was really cool because you got an insight to be like, what would this normal person who's afflicted with being a werewolf, probably not by choice, obviously, what would their nightmares be like? So this is literally a werewolf had a nightmare about getting eaten by a bunch of werewolves. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was really cool and kind of a mind fuck kind of a what would they what would they be afraid? What would a werewolf be afraid of? Well, see, I think it was more of like he was scared of turning the whole town into werewolves. That's where I took it was like he was like, shit, I made all these people werewolves now. <laughs> but nobody else was turned yeah, into turned a werewolf. Into no, because he ate them. Oh, I don't know. If he ate them, then how were they able to tell who he killed? Mm. Sure ain't the forensics team. Well, you don't have to eat the whole person. They're not zombies. He just needs a big chunk of meat. Then you're full. Or five chunks of meat. I don't know. (laughs) Well, then he didn't get shit (laughs) out of Brady. Next time I meet a werewolf, I'll Yeah, he didn't get crap out of Brady then. He was like, damn it, I wasted a kill. No, we all just hated Brady so much. (laughs) It was one of those things where the werewolf was like, all right, Brady's going to be shit when he gets older. I'm just going to take care of this now. Because, and that's the thing too, like, the dad comes in and is like, has anyone seen my son? And so I think... And it's dark. Like, yeah, where, like, where the fuck like, were you looking I mean, for him before? The curfew started, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, and, and it's like, you think he's like a single dad or something, but then they show him in the funeral. Yeah, with the wife. And the mom's yeah. there. And I'm like, where was she? Is nobody watching their kids? No, nobody okay, in that town. So, did. creepy playing organ. Mm-hmm. Bleeding Makes piano. a return. Mm-hmm. We get to the, you know, please God let it end. And then we cut to the carnival's been canceled. Mm. 
And then Janie's back to being a bitch. Oh, sorry, Cripple Marty. (laughs) Doesn't she say, like, oh, the king doesn't get what he wants or something like that? Something like that. I think it's funny. Like, Carnival's canceled due to the lynch mob being murdered. And now Marty said, and she makes a comment about how, why does everybody make a big deal about when he's sad because something happened? I know. Jeez, Janie, just let the boy have his feelings. It was funny to me that they're driving through the town, and it's like another, like, oh, remember the curfew? They're driving through the town, and I'm like, is this the town, like, is this Gatlin in Nebraska, the, the Children of the Corn town? It as might driving be. Through? It could be. I'm like, yeah. this is what happened in, in Children of the Corn, actually. Like, the, the, there was a werewolf, everyone left, and then stupid <laughs> kids just were like, I don't know, yeah. they murdered everyone. The werewolf like, ate all the parents. It, yeah, it, it, it wasn't even, it's not even what happened in the town. Like, these the kids just made up a stupid kid Well, the thing story. that gets me about the carnival is they're, you can, they're establishing that everybody is following the curfew, but they're the one family that's going to go to the carnival, and because the, there's the carnival supposed to be scheduled, it's going to be open. It's just going to be open. Like, yeah. What did you think was going to happen? There's a curfew where they don't want stuff out mm-hmm. because of something going around killing people. Yeah, and so they're so disappointed that they have Drunkle Red back over. Drunkle Red dinner. comes over and they have a barbecue. And then I wrote, <laughs> they're having the moment where Drunkle Red's finishing the new silver bullet and Marty is complaining about Janie. And he's like, she's off of there showing off her tits. I'm like, acting like she's never, nobody's ever had tits before. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> like, why are you talking about your sister's tits? This is weird, Marty. Was he talking about his sister? I thought he was yeah. talking about the girl that no, left. He no. was talking about his sister. Yeah. He's like, Janie's off there showing off her tits like no one's ever had tits before. I'm like, that's your sister, And I love man. how like, just like so inappropriate Drunk Old Red is. Like. That kid should have never had that thing. Like, he made him a motorcycle. <laughs> that, that was, was a motorcycle. Yes, that is basically a fucking motorcycle with a wheelchair on yes. it. He made him a motorcycle. And, oh, yeah, I thought it was funny that it's like he finishes it, brings it out, and then Drunkle Red goes around the corner and looks. Dad's through the grill. Mom's there getting food ready. And then she's like, hey, Red. And he's like, hey. And then just walks away like, oh, not doing nothing. Don't worry about anything over here. Not spying well, then, on you guys. And then two seconds, a fucking motorcycle starts and no one <laughs> yeah. says or does Nobody anything. Nobody hears it is no. the thing. Well, the other thing that I thought was a little funny, too, is you see Marty take off in the motorcycle. And that you can establish that that thing is fast. So he's probably out of sight before you know it. Yeah. And they show Uncle Red looking at him like all proud. Like, oh, look at him go. Look at him. He's mm-hmm. like, you probably lost sight of him within the first minute. Yeah. He's got some really good eagle eyes if you can see him. And then he comes back and he's on the ground. He's like, you're going to kill me. You're going to like give me a heart attack. Happened. Like, he then just... take that thing away from the child you just gave it to. <laughs> That's the thing. All of a sudden, yeah, you see you, him on the ground. Like, what happened? He yeah. drunk, fell? He, he goes for a joyride and you have this beautiful 80s music montage mm. scene where he's just driving around. Like, around cars. So zip, this yeah, thing yeah, can go faster traffic, than like, traffic does Bringing it back to the down. Forrest Gump thing, that's what it kind of reminded me of when Forrest started running when he everywhere. he gets to run. He gets to <laughs> run, so now he gets to like run everywhere. Running. And now Marty is like, I just felt like driving. And again, <laughs> nobody is concerned that there's a murderer in this town, and maybe Marty shouldn't just go well, get everyone, free reign of any place in this town. Everyone's only been murdered at night. Mm. So as long as it's not night. Okay, so back to the everybody getting murdered at night. They finish dinner, and then Drunkle Red has even more inappropriate gifts for Marty in a form of a bag of fireworks Fireworks. because Marty was sad he couldn't get his fireworks. And Drunkle Red tells him to wait till his parents go to sleep. (laughs) 
To Drunk Red's credit, he does say, stay, stay near the house. He's yeah, he told him a bunch <laughs> of times, stay, near, stay the near the house. Stay near the house. He's like, these are these are for the good guys. Not and the then this is where we find out that Marty can climb out of his window <laughs> down to. <laughs> Again, a terrible <laughs> person playing bullet. a person who cannot use <laughs> okay. his legs. Marty is just has superhuman upper body uh, strength. Upper body okay. strength, yeah. He doesn't need legs. But he can clear, and they, it, it almost looked like they had something specifically for him to climb out the window, yeah. right? Like, what was that scale, or like the scaffolding the thing scaffolding, that they had? It looked had. like there was probably was supposed to be some vines or some <laughs> whatever plants in there. It but looked it, like it was specifically for Marty to climb down the window. Was it more lattice? What was it? <laughs> we don't know what it was, but it was anticipating that he was going to climb down eventually. But yeah, so he climbs out this window and onto his silver bullet and then drives... About twenty minutes away, it looks like. Yeah, like it's, it's like not close. Like yeah, it's a scaffolding. Like it's meant for him to climb out the side. Of and the by the way, who has scaffolding on the side of their house like that? <laughs> well, if you've got a cripple son, apparently it's the escape route in it's case the there's escape a fire. Route. But yeah, so then he gets out and he drives far away from his house to this park he thing. Did to not water. listen to Drunkle Drunkle After, Red. Like, five people just died in the woods in his town. And he thinks it's still a good idea that he gets to go play with these fireworks. And he's just sitting there playing with fireworks for some reason. That's maybe what um, the werewolf was like. What, what's this? Illegal fireworks and you're littering in my town? Like At the park in the middle of the night. Like what was Marty's sin that the werewolf was like he needs to be eliminated? I think at that point he was just a werewolf. Who he just didn't care anymore. Just, I think it's what it was. It, he was like, I killed five over. people mm-hmm. that were trying to kill me. I want to teach these people a lesson. So he comes upon Marty in the woods very unsafely with fireworks. And how blind as fuck is Marty? That very that, close. That he <laughs> yes, is, he that was he so is close like, to him. That he is like walking up. He's in the middle of like this bridge or whatever, and like the werewolf who just looks horrible, by the way, when they finally <laughs> yeah. fully show the werewolf. And I'm like, is this a bear man? What is yeah, this? It's, Man-bear pig. it's a little rough. Can we do the talk about how Marty's setting off all these fireworks and making it light up around this lake or whatever? He's, he's making at. a bunch of noise and to like, attract things to the him. The werewolf is like just at the water. You're telling me Marty couldn't just see a werewolf at the water? <laughs> <laughs> like he's like twenty well, feet. Well, he was from behind him. the bushes at first, but then when he gets to the bridge and he's just walking up on Marty, I'm like, really, Marty? Yeah, like, Marty like you don't hear the mm-hmm. the stomping on your the legs bridge. don't work, but your eyes should. Yes, and your ears. <laughs> you don't hear a werewolf stomping on wood planks. Yeah, and then rolls up on him. Like you don't think to hear the wood planks. Yeah, there's no sound there. There's nothing. Like he's just he's just sneaking up on him in his ugly bear suit. And then all of a sudden, Marty is a dead eye with his fireworks. Right in the eye. Right in the eye. He's the best shot. Well, he does the whole, str- I'm struggling to, to light the match. And yeah. then conveniently, it goes straight for his eye. Yeah. And then he just starts his motorcycle. I do and love I do love his his afraid, like, fear face when he's driving back. And he's, like, scared <laughs> of shit. I'm I like, thought oh, that, shit. Was, I that, okay, that was the best piece. Yeah. yeah that's the best piece. Piece that of is acting a that he's kid, done yeah. in in the whole <laughs> he's movie. Terrified, he and when he gets back shitless. in that window and he's covering himself with a blanket, yeah, that and is then a the terrifying. And the dumbass leaves the window open. I know. I'm like, what is they gonna do? <laughs> Clearly, this werewolf can climb scaffolding as well as lattice. Well, I don't know. He can climb lattice, but who knows about scaffolding? Uh, so then, what happens? Yeah. We see the beginning in the morning where he tells his sister, "I saw it." 
Oh yeah, oh, he calls shopping. Red in the middle of the night. He calls his drunk. Oh, yeah, he calls Drunkle Red. Yeah, he calls Drunkle Red. Okay, so there's no sponsor from Burger King in this movie. However, Wild Turkey makes an yeah. appearance <laughs> like I don't know how many times. That is that is Drunkle Red's drink of choice. Mm-hmm. Is Wild, wild turkey. turkey. So call Drunkle Red in the middle of the night. He's got a wild turkey and, and somebody. I, uh, he's a new got, lady friend. He's <laughs> got somebody with him. We'll say I wife don't know if it's four. a prostitute, a lady of the four. night. <laughs> A working and gal? Was, yeah. And it's funny to me that he was like, there's no such thing as werewolves, and hangs up the phone. And then she's like, who is that? He's like, oh, obscene phone call. I'm like, who the <laughs> fuck is calling you at three in the morning to be like, are there werewolves? <laughs> and that that was the explanation she took. It and then, just... so Marty's confused. His uncle doesn't believe him. So he tells Jane. And then Jane's like, okay, well, let's figure out who it is. And goes on her little med cute thing, right? She gets into it really yeah, easily. Yeah, she's just for like, having... okay, werewolf, got it. She for can convince been pretty like, quick. Yeah, for having been like, fuck you, Marty, the whole time. He's like, yeah. you know what? There's a werewolf, and if you see someone in town that's missing an eye, that's a werewolf. Mm-hmm. So she goes to, to help out the med cube drive. She goes and to basically do some recon. store to store and door to door. And to me, it's like, is everyone in this town just mute? Because everyone, Yeah, because everyone's <laughs> still. Yeah, she goes into the barbershop, and I'm like, who is this weird uh, like birdman that's like staring at her yeah. while she's like trying to look for everybody? They all talk to and each other really intensely. rolls up on like, that one dude with a towel on his face. Yeah, and uncovers the, him. Yeah, that's the jerk from the, the gun store that yeah. owns the yeah. gun that's store. That's asshat. He mm-hmm. didn't die. So why didn't... No, he ran. Why yeah. didn't... Yeah, why didn't werewolf... Go try to hunt him. Go down. get him. Like he's the one that should have died in that whole altercation in the forest in the fog. Well, he ran shit. faster. He ran first. He was a smart he was a one. pussy. Because <laughs> asshats one. usually are. Yeah. <laughs> well, so he's there and obviously has no cans or bottles for the med you drive. Nope. And so she keeps going in and, you know, those are things. Finally gets to a point where my basket's full. Where I don't know where she got this basket. She got a lot of bottles mm, she did. and canes in that little shopping cart. Persistence paid off for her. Mm-hmm. And then it looked like she was finally going to give up. Like, he's crazy. I don't know why I did this. This yeah. is dumb. And so she takes her bottles to Reverend Lowe, right? Reverend Lowe, Lester Lowe. Lester Lowe. And discovers... Who's got an eye patch in the garden. But she doesn't see the eye patch She doesn't yet. see it right She right. takes him it. into the, the garage, right? She yeah, takes she, all the cans into the gar- garage. He's yeah. gardening. You can't see him. And then all of a sudden when you see him is when the big reveal is, oh... His eye is damaged. Well, I, wait, Jane I have to finds say, the peacemaker. In she sees the, the peacemaker cans. first, yeah. and then yeah. and then I have to say, there's something unsettling about a reverend in full, you know, priest gear, like gardening. I don't all know why. I just there was something weird about <laughs> it to all me. The time. Like it's just like unsettling to me. Like, <laughs> like is that all you wear? Like you don't have you regular clothes. Like, no, you know, you put the robe on for service and all that. But like, who drives so, yeah, a pretty? Pretty cool Chevelle. Yeah. So well, that's the thing. What happens? What she gets scared by the little mouse. She run falls yeah. into into the cans. Which yeah. we think, okay, Kim thought, oh, we're gonna see a body. No, 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 we don't. No, see a body. we no. see the peacemaker, the chunk of peacemaker that's left over. So to me, because the werewolf was like, this is cool. I'm taking no, it home. Like, he's like, he's collecting <laughs> trophies now. Yeah. So he's full on flip to just murderous, can't control it. And I'm collecting trophies, and I'm going to store them in this fucking garage, because I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Reverend Werewolf. And then when Reverend, 
Reverend Werewolf shows up. <laughs> yep. Reverend she just kind of gives that whole creepy vibe of... Yeah, she oh. goes... Yeah, he's no, he's there was, got yeah. such a creepy presence and she, in that and scene. And again, her fear face in this scene yeah. is amazing as well. Like, she does a great job of the, being the just intensity. scared shitless. Yeah, the intensity well, if, between the two of them. Like, well, it's when she just finally a, sees him, I think that's the one thing where she's like, oh yeah, shit, Marty was she, telling the truth. She pieced mm-hmm. it together, the peacemaker chunk is on the floor, and I turn around and he's there eye patch and everything and then i'm like he does like what part of this was he trying to comfort her was he trying to comfort her or was he trying to be like i have to take you out did he know I, at that point no, he, he knew he knew he because, knew because yeah. i think well, either way it was creepy to me that he's like why don't you come into the parlor well i think he kind of hang out for a bit I'm, when but he i'm knew, a girl to reference when he knew he, she knew was when she found the peacemaker he's yeah. like oh crap and then everything he tried to do to get her to go in there, be like, oh, lay down. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm good. I think I just had just too to much sun. Yeah. Or could he have just set that up because he's like, oh, Janie's here and she's going to go in and find it. Because he doesn't care. He's yeah. got it just in the fucking mm-hmm. garage. And he's like, yeah, go in the garage, put your shit in there and I'll tally up your sheet or whatever. And he just leaves it in there because doesn't the cop find it too? Well, the thing about it though is, she found it by accident. Yeah, she fell she into the so I, don't, so I don't think he would have. Okay. No, I don't think he was planning on her finding it by accident. Because but if pro- you know that you just murdered someone, and your <laughs> trophy from that murder is in the garage but under a bunch of cans, does he even remember the trophy? Because the werewolf took the trophy, not remember. But no. if he doesn't remember that he kills these people, then he wouldn't know who the werewolf is either. That's not true. You know you're a werewolf. Then you, you know who know. you'll kill if you're a werewolf. <laughs> well, yeah, but you don't know what things you've taken from those people. So, so you don't yeah, know that so the werewolf, maybe the werewolf just walked home like a dog with the peacemaker in his mouth, <laughs> threw it in the ground. He <laughs> likes to play fetch every once in a while yeah. when, when he gets bored. He's mm-hmm. done guarding, he wolfs out, and plays So this fetch. is when we finally get, what, the creepy reverend thing going yeah. from there, from then on. I also put, like, Janie, if you want to get bottles, why don't you ask Drunkle Red for all his wild turkey bottles? Those got to be yeah, worth some money. So, and so that could have been a full card on its own. And then did they talk by themselves, or is Drunkle Red there as well? I don't think Drunkle Red's there. I think Drunkle Red was off doing something else. No, so like she comes so back she, to Marty, no, right? No, like she gets back, right? Mm-hmm. And and they're like, we don't know what to do. And Marty goes, I think I know. And then the next scene, he's like making yeah, a ransom like, letter. I've gotta, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I wrote down. I'm like, you're you're making the serial killer letters, <laughs> like you, the cutout serial killer ransom letters. Yes. So I'm like, and Marty's just like, I know what we need to do. Here's, cut out here's ransom a good letters plan. Need to threaten him to tell him to kill himself because we know yeah, who you are. Here's a, here's a good plan. Yep. And I thought it funny that when Jamie's is like, when she goes to mail the letter, she's just kind of looking around like, do do do, just no, mailing a ransom letter. Right. Not really. I mailed three letters for her. Why, cons- Jane? Why would you mail letters? And then when, when the next very day. conspicuous in her actions. No, yeah, that that was yeah. the that was the uh, the voiceover. She's like, after third day, we told Uncle Red. Yeah. And that's when you get the whole you get the whole thing. It was like. I wrote down, do we need to have this conversation in public? Why are we just at like this public They're bench under there. a tree when mm-hmm. he's like, okay, so this guy's a werewolf, and I know because this happened and this happened and everything. That's when Gary Busey has, I think, his greatest line. I'm a little too old to be playing the Hardy Boys meet Reverend Werewolf. <laughs> Which Reverend Werewolf is a cool band name. So yes, anyone yes. out there looking for a band name, mm-hmm. Reverend Werewolf, I think, is awesome. Yep. And so after receiving these ransom letters, naturally, Reverend well- Werewolf, it's really hard to say. I know, I got yeah. tongue tied. So Reverend, like, Reverend, Reverend, Reverend Werewolf, Reverend Werewolf, Reverend Werewolf. How Gary Busey got that line down, it must have taken I, so long. He was drunk, <laughs> I'm telling you. You just lean into the, the slurring of your words. Reverend Werewolf, 
I'm too old to be playing Hardy Boys and Reverend Werewolf. Uh, yeah, so uh, naturally, Reverend Werewolf is not happy about receiving ransom letters. So and no, shits. well, you okay? First, they go on their own little stakeout, and I thought it was funny. They're sitting outside. <laughs> well, yeah. again, he's, he was he gardening or was he yeah. playing with the? No, he, he was writing something. He on was the, playing the letters on the yeah. board on the church board. He's like, you know, there's a werewolf, so come to church. And they're not even that far from him. Like, I know they, they're not. I, the, I wrote down the like, Reverend he's could just, just turn around. Yeah, and I see thought him. I wrote that down too. I'm like, he's just gonna turn around. And be like, what yeah. are you? What are you guys doing over there? <laughs> yeah, that's what they were gonna do. <laughs> it just like he just like, turns around, and he's like, "Hi," and you can see hey guys. Just disappointed do you guys in the know I can like, see? What the hell are you guys doing? <laughs> and like, no why? one has tinted windows, so no, it's not like no. anything's gonna hide them. And they're in a station wagon, like yeah. the most, <laughs> the most conspicuous. Of no, I don't know. Back then, that might have been the most inconspicuous. They're like, <laughs> oh, true. it's a station wagon. It could be anybody in this town. Yeah, so they stake they stake out Reverend Werewolf, and still Uncle Red is just not. Nope, convinced. I'm not buying it. Not convinced, and so then another another rousing trip of Marty on his motorcycle that is not a wheelchair, his actual motorcycle. He's out and about, and no, Reverend that's, Werewolf that's coming well, after him, right? That's when Marty has his legs seen. Yes, that's Holy when he's dude. staring watching longingly the at the kid, children. Yes, he's watching the kids, and you have those. Yeah, you have those close-up shots of just like these kids', kids legs, legs while they're playing yeah. baseball. It's a very Marty's awkward, like, uncomfortable. Marty's like, oh. <laughs> scene. We're just longing. Uh, I know a bunch of people guys. just died, but I have to existentially think of how I can't use my legs because that's what that whole scene is. Yeah, it's that, a very that. weird moment yeah, in it, the movie. And it's like no one's even a jerk to Marty in this town. Like we've already no. said, like they got no, 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 the up only people that are jerks to him are his fam. Is his sister? It's his family mm-hmm. and it's his sister, family, especially yeah. Janie. But and it's that like one, and the one the guy who died earlier, who didn't want him dating his daughter, who wanted to electrocute well, the cripples. He's he's out of the picture now. Yeah, but it's like even the kid is like, hey, we're gonna go get a soda. You want to come with us, Marty? He's like, oh, I can't. My legs don't work. <laughs> 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 I'm just gonna go home. But yeah, it's a very weird scene at a very weird time in the movie because, like, Marty's like, there's a fucking werewolf out here. He knows I know who there's the a werewolf. werewolf. Yeah, and, and, yet, werewolf and yet he's out <laughs> on his, go yet he's out by baseball. himself. Yeah. It's out, he's out by himself because it's daytime again. So he no knows, one's going to die. Yeah, no one's, one's going to get murdered is. during the daytime. I really think people back then thought that. Like, it's broad daylight. No one's going to get killed. the awesome chase scene. We get into the chase scene, and why, I wrote down, why is Marty always out of fucking gas? Always. Yeah. This kid this is the is worst. A gas guzzler. This kid is the worst. The la- well, even in the last wheelchair, he was like, he was oh, running out of gas. I got to go get gas. Mm-hmm. And now he's like, shit, I'm out of gas again. I stared too long, letting my silver bullet idle while I was looking at everybody's legs play baseball. <laughs> I'm even, out of gas. Even though there's a, a literal werewolf that I know about. <laughs> and that's when we finally see Reverend Werewolf finally decide, you know what, I'm going to do something about these little yes. shits. In in yeah. And he tries to give him his whole justification for murdering everyone. Yeah. And he's like, well, she was going to kill herself and her unborn baby, and I saved her soul. So now she doesn't go to hell. So go to now hell. she won't go to hell, and it's my burden, Marty, and blah, blah, blah. And, and I love that he's like, I would never actually hurt you. I hope you understand that, Marty, and blah, blah, blah. But then it's like he gets so fed up with Marty that he just lets it go. You see how all things serve the will and the mind of God. You see... You meddling little shit! <laughs> I think that's the part he just yeah, loses. Is like does. you damn, like, damn it, you cripple! Damn it! But yeah, I think at that point it's it's apparent within the film that the they're he's Revlin, lost it. Yeah, Revan Lowe is losing a fighting battle against he's the beast it. within. 
And I find it funny that I'm like, okay, you're a werewolf. The only one that knows this technically is Marty and Janie. And, you know, he doesn't know Drunkle Red knows or whatever. Yeah. And his response is, I'm going to run you off the road. Mm -hmm. And make it look like an accident. In my own car. In my own car. Well, there's no CSI. (laughs) Apparently. Drunkle Red is the only CSI because he sees the paint transfer and all that. Well, here's the other thing you got to rewind a little bit back. Back with the whole scene. The other thing that threw me off that I thought was hilarious is you're in the bridge and all of a sudden he sees this big, huge piece of farming equipment drive across. (laughs) Yeah. And he starts screaming for help, which makes me wonder... Okay, these people have really good eagle eyes and really, really good hearing because he happened to hear the kid over. Yeah, the guy's over, in a tractor yeah. or whatever. Over a tractor. He's like. A farming equipment and Marty is inside. Yeah, Marty's yelling at him yeah, with his shrill little kid voice. Bridge, and yeah. he happens to. Well, there's maybe a lot of echo in there. Mm. And I find it funny that he starts yelling out for that guy and he turns around and the reverend's like, shit. And he just yeah. takes <laughs> off. And he's like, fuck it. Can't kill Marty now. Like, Oops, Damn somebody it. might hear. Like, Foiled again. <laughs> It's hey, he monologued. That's what happened? <laughs> yeah, you don't monologue. If Reverend Werewolf in a monologue, he gets help. We see them what back at the house, and they finally try to convince. Well, first he has the whole scene with Drunkle Red, where he's like, "I don't believe you," like blah blah blah, and then he finds the paint transfer. Yeah, they find the and paint transfer from because he asked car. The, he asked the sister. What color is his car? Blue. And he's like, that car changes colors in every other scene, I feel like, like in blue? this movie. I never paid attention to it, really. To me, it seemed like, I don't even remember it being blue. I thought it was like a black. It, it looked it like looked, a midnight it, it, blue. Some, in some scenes, it looked black. Other scenes, it looked kind of gray. Yeah. And then apparently it was blue the whole time. <laughs> because that's what they needed. And yeah, so you, that convinces Uncle Drunkle Red to at least to say, finally. Okay. Drunkle Red goes to the, the sheriff, sheriff and tells him, like, I want to know, like, what exactly did he tell the sheriff? I know, because clearly he's like, so you believe in werewolves? Like, <laughs> the sheriff is like, Like, what, what did you have to tell the sheriff to get the sheriff to believe, like, okay, well. And I think even the sheriff is taking it with a grain of salt that he's like, all right, well, I'll go check this guy out if you say that he hit him with the car. But yeah. that's why I'm like, did... Drunkle Red even say, you know, werewolf at all? Or did he say, you know, I think he I might be killing remember. the people and yeah, well, they Marty don't show found it, out. Yeah. Like, they just show the after. Like, yeah. he just, yeah, he just shows, it's just like right after he tells him everything and he's kind of like, do you believe it? He's like, oh. And since the poor, there's only two cops in this town, he has to go check him out by himself. Because <laughs> the other guy was off, apparently. <laughs> yeah, and I think... And it's funny to me that he's going in there and everything, he's just smoking a cigarette and knocking on the door like, hey, you know, I'm going to come check some stuff out, but I don't believe any of this kind of craziness until he finds the peacemaker. Mm -hmm. And the car. He looks at the car. He sees the car. Does he find the peacemaker? I don't remember him finding it. I think he, no, I know he finds the car. Yeah. He sees the paint transfer, and that's when he's like, oh, okay, shit's real. So at mm-hmm. the very least, I know I got him on trying to run Cripple Marty over. off the road, yeah. and that's which Marty can corroborate. Mm-hmm. And well, then, yeah, and he's kind of looking around. I'm like, Reverend Werewolf comes out of the corner. I'm like, there was nothing back there. Like, were you just hanging out in the corner in the yeah, dark? Yeah, he's just waiting for people. <laughs> Like he's just like, well, someone's in here. I guess I've got to come out. Yeah, now. so Reverend Werewolf comes out still as human form. Who comes out? Reverend Werewolf. <laughs> and then we finally mm-hmm. see him actually transform that was, into the werewolf. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, was one of maybe my top five transformations. Definitely not the best. but I hate the cop's that, reaction in that. That transformation scene, I think, was pretty good. He sees him turn. And he screams, right? He's screaming while he's watching him turn instead of turning and running. <laughs> I'm 
like it's fight or flight, go. people. Fight or flight. Just go. Just turn around. I'm gonna let him turn, and then he I'm gonna scream. Well, apparently, it was he made lemonade in his pants, and he so. just stood there. That's and a, he gets hit in the head with something once, and he gets it's a big ass gash on his. No, head. I thought it was funny too, because okay, like I said, he's in there with Marty, and then. Marty starts screaming for the guy, and Reverend's like, shit, I better get out of here. And then has enough sense in mind to come home, clean the garage so he can park his car in there. <laughs> because remember, when Janie went in there, there's cans and bottles just everywhere on the floor. And then she knocks more over. Yeah. Plus, where was she going to put hers or either way? So he has enough sense in mind to be like, fuck, cops are coming after me. That's why he's waiting in the garage. Cleans out the garage. Puts the car in there and is like, well, I'm just going to sit here in the dark and whoever comes by, uh, they're going to have to take care of him. He has a lot of free time on his hands. He's a reverend. What are you, that's well, his, what are, he off. works once a week, man. He's, what he's does he do? He's killing off the like, 200 people in this town. He's so. killing everybody off. <laughs> okay, so he works once a week. What else has he got to do besides garden and change the sign? He already did that this mm-hmm. week. So yep. This is a full week. So now what do we have? We have Marty talking to Drunkle Red again. Because now Sheriff's yes, gone missing. So now the Sheriff's yeah, missing. Because yeah. he says, look, we told the Sheriff, he went to check him out, and now he's missing. Now you have to make us a silver bullet. So take this <laughs> and make me a silver bullet. Take this necklace and make For, it. So we hear the name of the movie like again. the again. fourth or fifth mm-hmm. time now, I think. And Marty is apparently up on, you know, werewolf lore and knows that he needs to have between, a silver bullet. Yes, between made. werewolf... Werewolf knowledge between Marty and Janie, I think. Janie. Janie, mm-hmm. yes. They they know a lot about werewolves. Even she, she even says, like, I think he says, he says, well, maybe when the moon out, when the moon comes out, he gets wolfier. I thought yeah. that was the funniest <laughs> and she's, thing. And she's he's like, like, maybe he doesn't even know how he became a werewolf. <laughs> maybe he's just always like, been there. Like, we don't need background, bitch. Like, he's going to kill us if we don't do something. You guys go to the library and look up werewolves? <laughs> like, what so then it? they give him what? Their two, their yeah, rosary? Yeah, so there was like, Okay. Uh, a, a cross and a pendant. Yeah, here's a cross. Here's my pendant. Mm-hmm. It's silver. Please make us a take silver it, bullet. And yeah, it, and he yeah. does say wolfier. Yeah. He does say wolfier. He does, yeah. And then so uh, Drunkle Red knows exactly where he can get a silver bullet. <laughs> it's a small town, which I'm assuming maybe he had to go to the town over to, to this guy who also oh, knows. Oh, so he did. Okay. little side note to rewind. He did use the peacemaker to kill the sheriff. Yes. He did. Okay. That's yes. right. He did. Because when he hit him he in the head. Up, mm, yes. And he hits he him kills in the head. him That's with right. the peacemaker. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you, producer Kim. Yes. So the pace, so, uh, so that does so confirm. Yes, that, the peacemaker is really the star of this fucking it really film. Is. All right, it so be the now main that character. confirms, and if he hadn't already have known that he was a werewolf, that yeah, he's the one who did all the killings. Yeah. Okay. So Drunkle Red takes the every the silver over to this. He's an older worldly. <laughs> yes, the voiceover is like old worldly craftsman. Yeah. Like, he makes bullets and like he, like what is? But that guy did know an awful lot about werewolves as well because he was like got to shoot really straight and. Yeah. You know, kill he, your he werewolf sure problem. Well, right off the bat, because Gary Busey tried to make, or Drunkle Red, tried to make an excuse, oh, my cu- my nephew's all into this. and He's into the Lone Ranger, and he wants a silver bullet. Yeah. And he's not buying it. He's like, yeah. When, and when Red shit. handed that over, I'm like, where's the other one? Did you pawn that? I know. <laughs> you, 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 he needed he, another bottle of wild he, turkey. He was out. He was like, <laughs> all right, one for me, one for well, the silver bullet. Well, he just bought bullet. that like, woman of the night as well. So. Well, that's the thing. You don't know that. could just be a regular upstanding woman in the town. Okay, so that's How a- dare you judge her for nothing? I'm not. I'm just saying her profession. Woman of the night. Said my, why is that her profession? <laughs> so Gunsmith isn't buying it, and he says the whole thing about, oh, yeah, he's look, like, I'm not buying the, the Lone Ranger thing. He's like, no. it's for a werewolf. Mm-hmm. It's got a low green. It's got a low green in case you need to shoot. It's like, oh, I'm not going to do that. pretty straight. Like, what am I going to shoot anyway? Yeah, and he's like, oh, oh he 
a werewolf. And then Drunkle Red is fully on board with this idea of sending the parents away. Where now. does Drunkle Red get the money for this? Right? What does he they do for see. a living? Nobody they don't see. He said he won. He, he told the parents he won. Yeah, he bought, uh, was it to New York or something? Yeah. Like it, mm-hmm. it wasn't, I mean, it, it wasn't, wasn't far yeah. away, but it couldn't have been that, you know, inexpensive. The, che- the story he came up with. Yeah, like he won a romantic getaway for just right after I break up with Sheila and everything. Yeah. So, so like, what does Drunkle Red do that he's got money for wild turkey all the time and can build this silver bullet with basically, like we said, a motorcycle with a wheelchair strapped <laughs> to it? Drunkle Red's got some money. Bag of fireworks. So why did Drunkle Red need the silver stuff for to make the bullet? So. so he finally does that and he sends the parents away who are like, okay, we're out. Yep, they leave. And so Drunkle Red's like, yeah, I have a gun and a silver no, bullet wait, and hold your on, parents hold are on. out of town. So. No, hold on. <laughs> The parents leave, and again, I'm like, why are you just leaving them with Drunkle Red? Like, how many arguments yes, the did the whole mom time like, The mom has not been on board with like, Drunkle yeah, Red. How many and now arguments all of a sudden, did she have about she's like, him? Free babysitter. I'm in here. <laughs> you're like, you're drunk all the time. Why are you? I don't want you around Marty. I don't want him to see you like this. Like, okay, we're going out of town. We'll be back in a few days. Don't let trick or treaters in the house. Like, what was that okay. about? Why like, would you let trick or treaters in the like, house? Like, who's, who's coming, coming into your house? That's like, who's trick or treating when there's a damn werewolf? Like, live in the country. Like, it's not. Like, yeah, they don't even have far. like neighbors. Like, so, yeah, they like, like they it... had like a spot in the woods. Yeah, so like if you have any kids coming to your house a trick or treat, you know, to trick or treat at night when you're out in the country, I'm like, yeah, you should let them in because you know there's fucking werewolf eating people and shit. <laughs> right? Yeah. Them in your house. But no, she's like, no, fuck them kids. They can find their own way home. You guys stay in the house. Mm-hmm. All right, so now we get into. It's the final so, yeah, evening. Everyone falls Drunkle asleep. Red. And then you can tell he was fed up with these kids. because like, it's three in the morning. He hasn't shown up. Go to bed. Like, Go to bed. And then Marty's like, what if I say no? And then Drunkle Red just kind of gives him like, well, I'll fucking tip like, you, you over and leave you yeah. here, you little bastard. He's like, you little shit. No, you're not listening to me. Mm-hmm. And then Janie screams. She, because she sees. She sees a werewolf face in the window. And she's like, are you sure you saw a werewolf? It's a werewolf. Is <laughs> anybody <laughs> sure of anything? At this yeah, so the, pi- yeah, the power goes out and everyone's freaking out. Except and the for whole Uncle Red. Time, he says it no. could be nothing. Yeah, he's and the still. whole time, like, Drunkle Red's like, he takes the bullet out and he's having this, this whole talk about it. And then the power goes out and he's still just standing there with the bullet in his mm-hmm. hand. I'm like, just put this fucking on. bullet back. I'm like, I don't care who it is. Even if it's just a power outage, you know that potentially there's a fucking werewolf out there. Right, leave it. Or in e- at the very least, a crazy reverend that's willing to drive Marty off the side of the road. Yeah. And so who, no matter who is out there. And who made put, the police officer disappear. Put the <laughs> damn bullet back in the gun. Stop just holding it in your hand there. Well, he's a drunk. His, he's got a shaky. <laughs> shaky. No, shaky. He can't. Well, he shouldn't have taken it out to begin with then. No, he shouldn't have. So yeah, put the damn bullet back. But so then, the werewolf shows up at three so yes. in the morning. Rashes through yeah, the window. Like noises, was it the window or is it the wall? It was the wall it was like window. The whole wall. No, he, he walked through the window that just took the wall with just it. Just took the whole He thing just up. fucking came in like the Kool-Aid man. Yeah. Was like, <laughs> oh yeah. You just crashed through that thing. He just came in and was like, you're all gonna get fucking murdered. He yeah. starts beating the shit out of Drunkle Red. Yeah, Drunkle who Red. did his own stunts. Gary Busey did his own stunts for this movie. <laughs> and apparently he got hurt on the scene where he goes into, I think it's a dresser or something, oh, and there's yeah. glass. And even though it was, mm. you know, fake glass, the thing that I read, 
he had to run and jump on this like catapult thing that then <laughs> shot him into the dresser thing and uh -huh. i guess he got hurt and he got bloodied a little bit on the uh on the fake glass from the mirror or whatever oh my gosh so yeah the the werewolf who had no problem tearing anyone else to shreds just comes in to kind of just fuck with drunkle red or yeah. like, i'm gonna throw you over here Busey fights for i'm gonna throw you over here he then janie tries to get in on the action he she just fucking slaps her across the room she just gets picked up by her head. all and the while conveniently the bullet falls through the air vent mm -hmm. all the while marty is trying to get the bullet out of the air vent and everyone is just trying to hold off until he gets the bullet we gotta hold off reverend werewolf long enough to get the damn bullet out of the out of the grate or whatever mm -hmm. And then they finally do. I'm like, why is you know, Marty have the gun? And like, any the house gun, I've Jamie. ever been in with the floor vents like that, those things were never attached. You just take it off. <laughs> well, the other thing about it, though, yeah. too, is the vents on that grate where you can get your hand through it. Right? All the ones that I've ever seen, those yeah, are tiny. tiny. Apparently, yeah. the, the construction of this town is like there's huge gaps in the floorboards, and the grate can fit, uh, what, what is Marty, like 12, 14? I don't know. He's probably like 15 Too young so. to be having a motorcycle. A.K.A. Too young for a motorcycle, yeah. <laughs> so he so gets he, the yeah. bullet. So he gets the gun, he gets the bullet, and again, Marty is a crack shot. He is. At, he can only hit eyes, mm -hmm. apparently. So he and, hits, again, and Drunkle Red, what, okay, he has this weird saying that he said like two or three times in the movie that I couldn't place it, but it sounds like he's like, Jesus, Jamie Palomino. <laughs> like, I don't know what he said. He says it over yeah, and over does. again, and I'm like, Jesus, Jamie Palomino. <laughs> That's a really great like, impression of Beasley, well, thank by the you. way. Yeah, but like... <laughs> you know, we've we've known each other for quite some time, and I've never heard your Gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had a reason for my Gary Busey impression. So, so. I just need a minute to sit with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Angie. No, we should stop now. <laughs> you <a> break, Angie. <laughs> I need to rethink some things that I'm maybe... Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he has this weird saying, and then Marty's like, "Oh, Marty's a cripple joke at the end." Where he's oh, like, "My legs, I can't feel my leg." Or what? Is, what does he say? Like, "I know my legs don't work." My, everybody okay? He's like, "Everybody okay?" Like, Ooh, except oh, for sure. my legs. Except for my legs. But again, then the whole thing you see is once he gets shot in the eye, his D transformation back into regular Reverend. I really liked the D transformation, and the the thing that I. My favorite part was you say D transformation. Like what happened to his dick? Like, <laughs> like what? What did I see? Did I hear some the D transformation? <laughs> his D transformed was the um, the hair through well, the skin, can't... and you know that like, they just pulled it through. Or yeah, whatever, but that they... practical effect really worked for me. I didn't like where they were I trying to CGI effects, at the yeah. end. The practical effects were really great in this just film. Doing close ups of the dude's chest, and, and so yeah. and the other thing is like, how do you explain this to people at the end? Okay, the sheriff's just dead. Naked dude doesn't know. Like, there's the the, the naked reverend is just he burst through the fucking wall, <laughs> he broke the and wall he was naked, house. burst through the wall, and, and <laughs> we had, had to, to shoot, shoot him, him in the eye because he was gut with a silver bullet. He was going after. People would believe it. Like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. we got you. Sure. You're in the right. He broke into your house. Clearly, this fucking wall is missing. And he was like, coming after. He was coming like, after Marty. It's all just okay. Like they're like, oh, and the then werewolf is dead. And, and then, then it ends. And then they go back to like you know chat. We go back over the, the Marty's legs don't work, and then we go back to work. Deanna's voiceover, and she's like, I love you. I love you, Good Marty. <laughs> Like, Thank you and good night, everyone. Thank you and good night, Marty. And that was the movie. Very anticlimactic. I'm always like, okay, did Marty die young? 
Is that why she the, was? Yeah, the like, voiceover made it sound like he died yeah, really young. And like, and it is okay. So this movie was based off a short story called Cycle of the Werewolf that Stephen King did. So I would imagine there's probably a lot more differences. But Stephen King did write this screenplay for the movie, so he probably included and embellished and kind of added more things along the way that he wanted to kind of change around with it. And this was probably during his Coke era. So it could have been. It was most likely during his Coke era. <laughs> but again, we I get. Think to, a, we I get think a lot of these. A lot of the '80s were Stephen King's Coke era. <laughs> we get into the the a very anticlimactic ending. How yeah. it just it just it's ends. End. It's over. But that was the '80s, though. A lot of yeah. movies were like, oh, and, we're gonna end on a one-liner. And you had seen this. You had seen this before, right? This wasn't your oh, first this was viewing. Like, I saw this years ago. I saw this when I was like. So it was a revisiting. Of yeah, it was a revisiting okay. to me. Yeah. See, I watched this religiously. <laughs> Because I it's, saw it when I was. It's one of those movies you can have on the background. This not is pay the this is the every Halloween. Movie I know I was a kid us. when I saw it because I remember the ending very. I remember the ending thinking, this werewolf looks terrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his transformations were good, but the actual werewolf costume, yeah. or whatever was not good yeah. and there's a bit of actual like controversy with it because they were trying to work out the werewolf costume and the producer dino de laurentis i believe was unhappy with it and kept saying nope i want to change it change it so the director got tired of waiting and they actually started production on everything without a finalized werewolf look. So that's probably why we didn't mm. see it that so much. yeah and so in the end it ended up being kind of this weird bear suit <laughs> mm, yeah. That you see in the in the bridge scene. Yeah, the bridge scene's the worst. That's the worst werewolf yeah. one. Is it the bridge scene? All it's right, final thoughts, everyone. Uh final thoughts on this movie. It's it was what it was. It was the eighties. It's, it it's an eighties movie. It's a cheesy movie. Overall, it's Stephen King movie. It's hard to knock a Stephen King movie, but I enjoyed it. If you like the 80s aspect of over-the-top, cheesy, just kind of weird moments, I think you'll enjoy it. Like, I mean, it was a revisit for me. I know I watched it back probably when I was a kid. I was about probably 10, 11, 12 years old, somewhere around there. But if you want to watch it, I say go. It's good. For me, it's a yearly watch. I watch it every year. I watch it at Halloween time every year. It's the Stephen King movie where Gary Busey fights a werewolf. How can you not watch it every year? <laughs> you have to give it its own time. It's just like watching any other 80s movies. There's frustrating parts of it. But it's a fun time. It's a, it, it's not a super serious movie to where you have to put a lot of thought and feeling into it. It's just a fun horror movie to watch. It's an 80s movie. It's an 80s movie. There are definitely better 80s movies. There are definitely a lot worse 80s horror movies. Definitely not one of the best werewolf movies. I do like the transformation scenes for myself. The werewolf suit, not so much. Like I said, we kind of talked about the background issues with the whole werewolf suit and everything. But it's a good movie overall. It's it's a classic 80s movie. Definitely one of the ones you got to watch every year. And how can you go wrong with dialogue like this? Oh, that hurts my parts! <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, thanks for listening to our very first episode. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at podcast at scarynerd.com. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, as well as Patreon. We'll see you next week!